Let's go in-depth on all things Hawkeyes. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Happy Wednesday, Hawkeye fans, and welcome into another special edition episode of the Hawk Central Radio Show right here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register, as always. Before we get to our special guests, which uh, will comprise all of tonight's radio show, I wanted to point you to our 40-minute podcast Monday with our new Hawkeyes reporter, Tyler Tashman. A really solid start for Tyler. I think you're going to like him a lot and what he brings to the beat. Uh, excited about that. Make sure you check out that at hawkcentral.com or on YouTube by searching Hawk Central Two Words. All right. Without further delay, let's get right to our guests. I've been wanting to do a joint podcast with these two for some time, and this summer, uh, it's just kind of developed, and now we're here. So very thankful for the time they've made for me. So welcome, Iowa women's head basketball coach Lisa Bluter and uh, associate head coach, uh, post-guru, Jan Jensen. Uh, welcome, you two. Yeah, Lisa, thanks, thanks for doing thanks, this. Chad, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. It's Jan. fun to be on. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, – yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll direct questions at you as we go, and whoever wants to jump in, if I don't do a good job of hosting, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> You're going to do great. I mean, you guys are good at working together, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, You're good. So we can bounce off each other pretty well. We can. <laughs> All right. First, uh, I do want to get to the 2023-24 roster. Like, I asked for listener questions, and like 90% of them are on either that or Caitlin Clark. So, oh, yeah. Right. Of course. Big of course, yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? Do we know a girl by that name? Uh, I'll check. Yeah, but first I kind of wanted to, I mean, one of the reasons I want to talk to you guys is to reflect and kind of look back, you know, from uh, such an emotional run to the Final Four. Um, let's start with you, Lisa. As you close your eyes, and uh, reflect on the six games of that NCAA tournament. I mean, it's kind of interesting. It went from southeast Louisiana to Louisiana State, right? Um, yeah. What image or moment kind of comes to mind when you kind of close your eyes at night and, and think about what happened? Oh, so many things. Um, you know, our, our first two games were here in Carver, and there were sellouts, which is such a, a good feeling. I mean, when we came here, we dreamed about that, and now it's kind of like we're disappointed if it's not that. So, um, you know, and beating Georgia. Georgia was a tough game. That was a tough opponent. They played at a very strange zone, and so right. we knew that was going to be a tough game. Plus, we had the hang-up of Creighton, you know, and happening a year ago, we'd lost that game. So we were thrilled to get to the Sweet 16, and then, of course, from there, you, you know, you're just taking that one game at a time. And we, we got Colorado and then obviously, you know, Louisville to go to the final four was just a dream come true because, you know, we hadn't been there. We hadn't been to the final four. And uh, that's something that we had wanted to do with this group. And, you know, then when you get to the final four, you play South Carolina and everybody in the whole arena thinks South Carolina is going to win. And the only people that thought that we were going to win were the women in our locker room. Um, and, you know, they're an 11-point favorite on Vegas. Um, you know, they're 45-win streak, game-win streak. They're the predicted defending national champions, predicted national champions. So that was, um, that was probably uh, really a high like no other. And, and to think that we were playing in the championship game. It, it's surreal to still think about it right now. How about you, Jan? Uh, anything, what image comes to mind? Well, I just think a lot of gratitude. I think that's not know, an image. Well, the image. Uh, well, images. I mean, every arena. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, yeah. like Lisa said, the sellout of Carver and Georgia was. I mean, it took till the final minutes, and our crowd was just willing it to happen. 
and just the euphoria of that. But then when we went to Seattle and saw so many Hawkeye fans, I think that's when it became pretty a little bit more clear to me what was kind of happened nationally is uh, you saw the fan support, but I think I went out for a coffee or did something. In Seattle, not Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah, this one I went to Seattle. Actually, I forgot like a wardrobe. I forgot like a, a cami and I had to run to get something. And usually I don't leave the hotel very much in those. You know, you just get on the bus and get to the game. And I ran over to this Nordstrom's and I just couldn't believe I saw so many Hawk fans and I didn't know them. Usually you go that far, yeah. you know them, right? They're someone's parents, they're you know, yeah, a yeah. super fan here. or And I was like, huh, you know, just like that was jazz. But then walking into Seattle, that arena, which was a beautiful arena. Sure was. I mean, they're yeah. all beautiful when you go to the Final <laughs> Four in arena probably. But that was amazing. And then the image of what it felt like in Dallas, uh, the, just the arenas and how much that Hawkeye love was there. And then the image of us walking into the championship game. There's an iconic photo that just, I I think, epitomizes the love that Hawkeye fans have for their teams. Um, I think that's what I think of. And I'm grateful for those images. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the one I thought of, too. Mm -hmm. What was that like to walk, Lisa, through that? sea of people in Dallas like well let me let me take you back a little bit farther <laughs> when we got we got to Dallas on Monday because we got there Monday late and so nobody's arrived to the final four yet you know the coaches don't come in till Wednesday Thursday or something so Tuesday um and when, when she says coaches there's a big convention convention associated right. with the final four both men's and women's it's our big meeting so all the membership comes in so the coaches in the membership had not arrived yet right so Tuesday we have our team meetings we have our practice and then um, I decided, well, I'm going to take coach, my, you know, coach Jan Jensen and Coach Jenny Fitzgerald. We've been together for so long. And so we thought, let's just go to a little restaurant, have a drink, and just really have some time yeah. to think about what we have just yeah. done. We're in the Final Four. And it was so peaceful. And there was mm-hmm. nobody around Dallas. And then from there, we're kind of in a bubble after that. And we don't really know what's going on mm-hmm. outside of our hotel. And... Um, we get to that, you know, the, the final four game and see all the black and gold. It's mm. just remarkable. And then, mm. as you said, Chad, when we walked in for that championship game, um, it was overwhelming. It really was. It was so loud. There's people on both sides of us. Um, you know, it, it almost brings tears to your eyes to think about it. It was such an emotional thing walking through that sea of people, seeing so few LSU people and just seeing tons and tons of black and gold. And as our bus was pulling up before we got, got let out, I saw the governor of Iowa leaning out of her black limousine cheering <laughs> for us. And so I'm like, wow, uh, you know, Iowans have really showed up. And um, it was it was spectacular. We just wish we would have won the game for them, mm-hmm. but um, you know we did the best we could, and, and we're, we're really proud of that. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Jenny Bronchek up in the stands, and mm-hmm. she was rooting for the Hawkeyes. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. that another opposing coach in your stands, mm-hmm. you know, ro- yeah. rooting for your team. Jan, uh, did, I do want to—I don't want to get too emotional here, no. but uh, uh, you know, it was an honor to tell the story of mm-hmm. you and your father. Uh, that was a you know an emotional piece of this journey for sure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he passes away. Uh, the morning of the Louisville game, mm-hmm. you know, the most historic you know, yeah. moment in Iowa women's basketball history, right. practically. Um, but even after the Final Four, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't talked to you since. So mm-hmm. you had, you know, assume you had funeral, memorial, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, talk about an emotional run for you. How did you keep going that whole time and what kind of stands out yeah. to you well, about that? Well, I think, that? you know, during the, the run, you know, just so much uh, support, you know, and I think 
I told you, or I can't remember sometimes in the articles now. <laughs> and I think it's important to note that um, I tried to bag that article after uh, Chad's it's great true. work because I, I just got a little um, self-conscious. I didn't want it to be so focused, you know, on that story because so many people had gone through it. But, you know, Chad had, you chatted about how sometimes stories really resonate with so many that are going through it. And I knew you were such a great storyteller and I didn't want you to waste the time but I think at that moment it was just so big and it was so much but I was really grateful because I think you got a lot of responses I got a lot of responses about other people telling me their stories of them Mm -hmm. doing similar things for their parents or loved ones so I feel like that was the biggest blessing of that and the fact my dad uh, they read it to him you know before it came out so that was a, a great thing but I think it was the people like Lisa and Jenny the minute I got the call and the really the late morning, middle of the night, you know, I'd called them and they were in my room within, you know, five, 10 minutes. And we just had a good little cry because every, you know, Lisa's parents are still alive. So are Jenny's, but we've been together so long that everybody's parents are integral to each of our lives. So that, and then, um, then we we went to breakfast that morning and, um, you know, we have a team breakfast and, you know, Jan shares the news with the team, and and I'm They're telling awesome. you, they they were just they surrounded her with love. They lifted her she up, just group um, hug, uh, unbelievable. Like you could just feel the support, and you know, we wanted to win that game, but we also wanted to win that game for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Getting to the final four, beating Louisville, but also one of them was for Jan and in honor of her and her dad. And um, so that was really that was special. A cool moment. Um, also, you got to tell the story about the French onion soup. That was a weird thing. Oh my god. Gosh, guys, what is this? <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. Um, well, so Pre-game this meal. hug happened because I was trying to be like, you know, yeah. you got this. You know, he's my dad. He had 86 years old. Then you just start crying because it doesn't matter. It, the end is the end. You're still a kid, right? So even if I'm 54 and and they were just so sweet. I think it was Kate and Caitlin just started this massive group hug. So that was great. Then um, we, we did our shoot around and then we had our um, pregame meal which we always have pregame meals. We cater it in, and and there's just a certain pregame meal. You you just always have, you know, chicken and pasta, and sometimes you have soup. Sometimes, you know, you'll have fruit always and bread, right? Routine, routine. So we sometimes have soup, and majority of the time when you have soup, it is chicken noodle or, like, vegetable, right? Well, it was French onion soup on this particular day. So when Which my we've never had we've never, we've never had in the history of our 30 years together ever the only thing that my dad craved during his whole last 3 months of of, of, of not hospice wasn't sort of early of the decline was french onion soup my my sister was so lovely and caretaking. She would call me up and say, I've been on Amazon. I finally found some. When he'd have to go to Omaha to get checkups, uh, she would go to the Lone Star Steakhouse. They had French onion soup, and he would just eat a little bit of that to sustain him. So we're going through the the training table line, and I'm a little bit, um, you know, I'm good. I'm not emotional. We had a training table. We're locking in. And I get to the end, and there's a server. And she's like, would you like some soup? And I look at it, and I said, what kind is that? She's like, French onion. <laughs> so wow. then I'm, like, kind of crying. I go to the coach's table. I'm like, oh, guys. Man. So then they were so cute. They didn't take any. Everybody took a cup, and we all toasted him with our little <laughs> soup cup. Uh, and we knew that was kind of – that was a sign to me, in, 
you know, that just said, I'm there. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. So that was, I I mean, I didn't forget about it, but that's a good podcast story, Blutes. Good memory. What a good story. Uh, You're listening to Hawks Central from the Des Moines Register and Kicks. And oh, I'm Chad Leistico talking Hawkeye women's basketball with Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen. Uh, For the both of you, I'll start with you, Lisa. What have the last three months been like? I mean, you you have this emotional high, crowds everywhere. What, I don't even know. Like, what's your life been like in the last three months? How has it changed? Yeah. How is it the same? It's been a whirlwind for sure. Um, you know, and you're so tired <laughs> after that <laughs> final four. You know, those three weeks of playing basketball and preparing and, and just being so mentally focused that, you know, we got home here and there's a couple thousand people at the mm-hmm. River Landing. And, and honestly, you just tears. Tears are coming down and it's tears of joy. You're tired. You're thankful. Uh, and again, you know, on the Friday night following that, we had 9,000 people come to the river or to the uh, old capital, the Pentecrest, um, in order to be with our team and celebrate the success and the mayor was there and um so that was just so emotional um but honestly it's been a whirlwind you know we've been with twice to la uh with caitlin uh once for the wooden award um once for the honda award um i just feel like it's been kind of a real whirlwind and now we're already back into practices for next year and we have our foreign trip this fall so we have those extra practices before we leave on august 4th but it's been a lot, um, but it's all good. It's, it's, it's been all great, and we're just so thankful that we got to experience this because I know there's so many great coaches out there, and there's so many deserving people that, that have never had this opportunity to be in a championship game. And um, So, yeah, it's, it's been wonderful. Our boosters have been great. Our administration has been outstanding. Yeah. How about you, Jan? I mean, I mean, yeah, are you guys, do you feel like more – I don't know. More people recognize you even than before, or has it always kind of been that way? Yeah, no, I think it definitely a lot. Um, more the, you know, our, our players when we got back. At first, I would like to say the Hawkeye fan base. Um, when we came back that that day, the yeah. Monday after the championship game, you know, Lisa and I had had a conversation after the game, and then in the morning um, we talked about being disappointed, but in a different way. I mean, you can't let 40 minutes ruin that run. I mean, you're disappointed and you're so close. But if you focus on being so close and not getting it, that had been, I think, really uh, just such a, a disappointing way to view it. I mean, God blessed us so much with through that run. And for some reason, it just it wasn't our time to be the champ, right? But we were disappointed for our fans and everybody that just wanted it. And yeah, you're human. It would have been great, but we were grateful, but just like, ah, and Lisa said something, you know, I, you know, you work with someone so long and you, you kind of know maybe some reactions or we anticipate each other. Um, but it was just so, and she said this many times, but it was so, I thought really profound and it was the next day after we talked and she said, you know, I got to thinking she and I talked a lot during the year that we just believe this is a team of destiny. And usually we always pray before games just to be, you know, solid. And if you give us a platform to be good and do well with our platform and come what may. And so we'd always, you know, done that. And I think that really helped us win and lose and certainly at the ending. But she had said in that conversation to me, she's like, you know, I do believe that we were a team of destiny. We still are. She's like, we were just destined to be number two. She's like, because I think that the way we handle it, the way our women handle it, it was such a good example 
to all, you know, our followers and, you know, the country of how you handle number two when you can still be proud to be number two and um, you, you can handle it with grace. And I thought, boy, that is awesome. You know, and you have a leader. And of course, I shared that perspective. And I think that's, you know, how we rolled with, you know, everything. But when we landed or and we the 2000 people met us, yeah. the irony of that, when we got out, we were both emotional, exhausted. Yeah. I was sicker than a dog. Abby and I and Gabby Marshall, we were so sick for that championship uh. game. So all of it is just like, uh and we could not weave our way through the crowd, the hugs. And I looked at her and I said, did we win or lose? <laughs> and I was just, and she looked and she's like, I think we won. I mean, that's just how the Hawks have been. And that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we more recognizable. Uh, when we go recruiting, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of Iowa kids will ask, you know, uh, coach, you know, we'll be at the state tournament. If all the Iowa coaches are there, they, you know, whether it's Drake coaches, whoever. But this is obviously when you're in that national game. So she's been taking a lot of selfies during the, the travels this summer. <laughs> well, I haven't been taking them, but no, the people have been like, <laughs> hey, they go up right. to her and like, can we yeah. have a selfie or whatever? Yeah. 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 And she's shy about and, it, but and we're we got, growing the game. Uh, we got so many emails, uh, so many letters, crazy. so many things that people sent to us. And it, you know, the thing we kept hearing over and over again, and I even heard from people from Louisiana, but all over the country, um, is that we were just, we loved your team. We loved supporting your team and thank you, you know, basically for that. Nobody talked about losing Mm -hmm. really that nobody did. It was all about, you know, it's, it's easy to be number one. It is so easy to be number one. Anybody can be number one, but it's hard to be number two. And I think this team taught America. It's, you know, how to handle to be number two, how to handle failure. Cause it happens to all of us. And, And I think this team did a beautiful job of that. Oh, man, that was great stuff to both of you. I'm going to change course briefly just because I want the last topic of my looking back. I had fans want to know, Lisa, did you receive any kind of follow-up report from the NCAA or anything on the officiating? I know it was uh, you know controversial or whatever on both sides. Obviously, it took, took out your best player, best two players. Did you hear, was there anything that came up about that or not? No, there wasn't. Um, and it's funny, the year before when we lost to Creighton, there was an official's mistake in that game. And they, they did call me. The head of officials okay. called me after that game. And it said that they apologized. They said there was a mistake in that game. Um, but there was um, no mistakes in this game, obviously, because they never <laughs> called. Okay. Um, so nobody said anything to us about it. But there was um, some rule changes that were kind of interesting. The NCAA has now you know, and when Caitlin got the technical foul for delay of game, um, that is no longer a foul. It would be a team foul, but it wouldn't be a personal foul uh, because that gave her an additional foul uh, and took her out of that game yeah. where that will not happen again. So the Caitlin Clark rule is in effect. And <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think she should have even been called for a delay no, of game. Very few would have um, ever no. made the call. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a weird call anyway, but then. Yeah. Yeah. the administration of that call so that yeah might be the the one change it yeah. seems but okay i think everybody kind of 
was going to just back off and yeah. everybody has their opinions on it. But at the end of the day, the kid hit shots. Yeah. You know, LSU. the kid from LA. That's what everybody well. should have been talking about. That's right. But unfortunately, sure. um, the way it was, the game was called, both people, both players, both teams had unique foul situations. It just, it didn't get to showcase um, the very best of what these two teams had to offer. But at the end of the day, uh, they had a they had a really great shooting night. So, yeah. Well, let's break here. Come right back, and we'll talk about the 2023-24 team uh, and the season ahead. And you got a foreign trip, so we got a lot to discuss. You're listening to Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register. More with Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen next on Hawk Central 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register. We are here with you until 7 o'clock tonight. And now continuing on our conversation with Iowa women's basketball coaches, Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen. Thank you very much once again. Uh, I got a lot of questions about Caitlin Clark, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of winnowed it down and thought about it myself. And so I wanted to ask you both. Uh, I'll start with you, Lisa. Um, in what ways... Maybe could you contrast how you went about coaching her as a freshman? I know there was, you know, you're trying to get her to be a team player and ch- kind of channel her emotions in mm-hmm. the right way. Those are some of the things I know you had to, to work on. But now how do you how would you contrast that with how you're approaching coaching her as a senior now when she's, uh, you know, on top of the world? I mean, probably the most visible college athlete, men or women. I mean, I don't think that's really a debate. Uh, how do you deal with that as a head coach? Yeah, you know, coming in as a freshman, it was interesting because that was COVID. And so there was nobody in the stands. And so she never played in front of people until her sophomore year. So her freshman year, um, you know, people didn't really see her play. Um, We definitely, you know, like when she was in high school, she had to do everything. And so she had to learn how to play with a team Mm -hmm. and to build trust with that team. And so that first year, it was really a lot about building trust, understanding that she had a team around her and that she didn't have to do everything. Um, But it was kind of a, a blessing a little bit because we could do all of that teaching with nobody in the stands oh i like that her sophomore year now people are there a little bit more emotional a little bit more higher energy um and so people can see a little bit um you know her emotions and some people didn't like her emotions um i think caitlin is very passionate she's an incredible competitor and quite honestly i love that i think it's good for the game i think it's great to see people that are passionate and just because you were seeing it out of a female instead of a male it people took it a little bit differently including opposing coaches um and and it's too bad because i i i think men have been able to do that for years and nobody says anything but as soon as a woman is doing it it became a little bit different for us so um that was a change and now going into our senior year uh we have a whole new you know we have a new cast we have different players and so she's kind of got to build that trust again she didn't have to do that last year because all five returners were back now she has to build that trust again but i think now it's more um, managing the expectations she is the best player in america that comes with a lot of responsibility that comes with a lot of pressure so for me it's not about and now it's more of managing those expectations with her and rebuilding the trust with um, new starters in the lineup. Yeah. How about Jane? Any thoughts? No, I, I think that's exactly, okay. you know, how you, how Caitlin was and is. And when we recruited her since seventh, eighth grade, you, when 
they started the process. Her parents did a great job of taking her step by step and, you know, progressing into it. But, you know, you have numerous conversations and we knew the core and the heart of who she was. And we knew there had to be some refinement. Mm -hmm. Um, But part of it is, um, you know, she just is a competitor and she's a great young woman. And when she got on the stage, I mean, part of what makes her so great is that confidence and that bravado and just she's coming for you. And um, that's what people love. And the, you know, opponents love to hate about her. Uh, But it's just been you know, it's a challenge of a lifetime to have a kid as gifted, uh, but also that's wired like that. Yeah. Um, it's really, you know, caused us to, you know, open up and change and, you know, challenged us right when we've, you know, had the moments because it's not all easy. But when you hit it and when you see that growth and that's what makes every year fun. I yeah. mean, you, this year's a whole different race. You know, we have some of the great pieces back, but every year's a different race. And so then you have to work on it all over again and try to get a, a similar outcome. Uh, Ava Jones, uh, I'm very curious just about everything with her. Um, obviously, she's here. She's on the team. Lisa, what I mean, how is she acclimating? I mean, um, what is the process with her? Yeah, I mean, um, she is here. She's attending class. Um, she's a part of our team. Um, you'll see her on the bench this year. You won't see her on the court. There's no way physically that she can play basketball at this point. Um, you know, she's had both knees, uh, surgeries on both knees. And when she got to campus here, we've done a shoulder surgery. Um, she still has an eye surgery that needs to be done. So this year we're just trying to get her physically healthy. But we, you know, we committed to her. She committed to us. We committed to her, and um, that will not change. Um, you know, we, we hope that she can make it here. Um, you know, it's tough. It's tough when um, she's struggling so much. You know, I mean, there's a lot of emotional things that she's going through, especially with just having the year anniversary yeah. of when that all happened on Man. July 5th. Um, and, uh, you know, in August, that uh, the gentleman that's been charged will go in front of the court at that point. So there's a lot of more hurdles that we're having to to um to handle coming up here um but we're behind her and we're going to do the best that we can and um you know hope that she comes out okay on this yeah i mean gosh it's hard to believe it's been only one year yeah Mm -hmm. she's come a long way honestly i mean she's come a long way she's a fighter she and the thing that makes me so sad is just that she was a beautiful athlete and um that I mean, I can still remember in in AAU basketball. She's like she's she's trailing the ball. The ball she's on defense and she's trailing the ball. And the kid goes in for a layup and she goes up and blocks the shot and pins it against the backboard. Um, you know, such a phenomenal athlete, high jump champion, mm-hmm. I believe, in high mm-hmm. school. Um, and so you know, she's going through a lot right now and a lot of adjustments. So, you know, all freshmen have huge adjustments. You're going away from home. You have a new system. You have new people. You got you know, you're living in a dorm, but wow, can you imagine the the adjustments that she's going through yeah. this year? A lot more than the average student athlete. Yeah, for sure. So 14, uh, I mean, she counts in the 14 and 15 scholarships. I know um, Shatia Wettering, I believe, Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's what I was told, yes. right? Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, yep. that's, that's a nice fit, I would think. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'll start with you, Jan. I mean, you know, New and old Iowa women's basketball fans were hoping for some big addition mm-hmm. in the portal. Has not happened as of yet. Mm-hmm. How intense 
how is the portal how how yeah. diligent or whatever well, were your efforts I, I feel like the portal is um you know it giveth and it taketh away yeah and it also gives um like a lot of the great ones that go in a portal they already have an idea where they're going mm-hmm. so a lot can be so excited everybody's like oh you know and then when you're biased as a hawkeye fan you just can't believe that everybody isn't flocking and wanting to go there's a you know a post position open but there's a lot of great schools um there's a lot of great uh, you know reasons why people go where they go uh collectives have made things different um so there's so many things that that go into that but um, I don't really spend a whole lot of time. I, uh, my son, he will, he'll find th- things on social media. Um, but it's interesting because I think what people really like about our team yeah. is our team is a team and we, we work really hard. Uh, we try to go, we're pretty methodical in our recruiting. We're slow to go. Uh, we don't throw out a lot of early offers. A lot of times, no brainer ones you can. Um, but we really try to find those fits and then we try to develop and we really work a lot on that chemistry piece. So everybody likes that. But then they also get frustrated. Well, I can't believe they didn't get someone in the portal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why don't we just get someone? I mean, they could have got someone. Well, you know, we did a look and we tried to find someone that would be a good fit basketball wise. But what's always been most important to us is if you're a good fit person wise. And not that there wasn't a lot of great people, but the people we needed to fit basketball wise, academic wise and person wise, it isn't as easy as you think. And we have never, ever uh, acted um, quickly. We have never acted with um, a disregard to our core values. And so if you see us not having someone um, it doesn't necessarily mean that we were terrible, didn't care, uh, lost everything, and we couldn't convince or we didn't you know, want to throw money, money at people. It'll always be about fit for us for as long as this wild, wild west of portals and collectives allows us to recruit in the manner of which has always allowed us to be successful. Yeah. So that's how I think about the portal. I'll take it a little step farther. Sure. There are probably, what, a thousand kids in the portal Really, about 10 of them were good enough to play for us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right, we're a Final Four team, nas- yeah. runner, national yeah. runner-up. Most of those kids were not good enough to play for us. Um, some of them yeah. didn't have the grades, mm-hmm. um, and some of them weren't the position we needed, right? We needed a certain position. So you're getting down to a very couple of numbers of those people, and we were not willing to, you know, some people are willing to throw hundreds of thousands of dollars um, at players and we're quite honestly not willing to throw hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because if you want to be an Iowa Hawkeye, it shouldn't be the money sign that brings you here. It should be something else. It should be about being a part of something special yeah. and not just who can buy yeah. the best player in America. And, sure. and I think I go, sorry, I'm going to take another step farther. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Megan Gustafson graduates. Mm-hmm. Monica Sinano has just been, completed her freshman year. Everybody is thinking, oh, no, Megan is gone. Best player in America. Certainly, we should all be disappointed about that. Monica didn't show us a lot her freshman year. But, but Megan was there. 
Jan Jensen worked her tail off with Monica, and Monica was willing. She had a great attitude. She was a sponge. She put in the work, but Jan made her into a great post player. The same thing can happen now. You didn't see a lot out of Addie or Sharon or AJ last year, but Addie did come up. You know, she came up big in the in the final four games. I believe if they approach it, I know Jan can do the job. Mm-hmm. If they approach it with the same positive attitude that Monica did, the same work mm-hmm. ethic that Monica did, they can be just as good. Yeah. Oh, passionate, yeah. good stuff there. Is, yeah. uh, is there any, like a lot of fans are wondering, is it hard to recruit a star player to come in and play you know, in the shadow of the biggest superstar in the in oh, the country, is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, it depends how you're wired. Definitely, guards. I yeah. mean, haven't really wanted to come in the last couple of yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, um, that's. I mean, that's. But yeah, everybody wants to be mm-hmm. in the limelight. They want to be the superstar, and we have a superstar. So yeah, that can be difficult. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're when you're recruiting, I mean, it, you go up against everybody's best shot, and there's, you know, they negatively recruit. They'll tell you, oh, their depth chart, this, that. I mean. You have to know what you're you're coming up against. But when you have someone like Caitlin, everybody knows what Caitlin is. So is you have to find the right fit that wants to come and learn from her um, if it's a guard, you know, one, two, three, because that can be used against you with all those positions. Well, you're never going to get a shot, you know, da, 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 da. But if you get the right kids like Amali Davis, you know, she came in as a transfer last year, played some really small minutes sometimes that were so huge, but she wanted to be a part of it. And that's how we've kind of always been wired. So we're trying to find the kids that want to be a part of it. And that, you know, and that's the case, even when we had Kathleen Doyle, a couple of your fans are listening, is it's kind of hard to get a Kathleen Doyle right behind a Kathleen Doyle because they want to play, yeah. right? They know how good Kathleen Doyle is. So it's like, okay, should I go to Iowa and maybe sit a year or two or go to school X where there's graduated. Mm-hmm. So part of it is timing. And I think sometimes fans don't understand timing. Mm-hmm. It's time and place. Sometimes it's who we offer. They're like, oh, I can't believe Iowa didn't offer. Well, it's because maybe we already are pretty confident or we want someone to develop. And if we get both of those players, one right behind each other, someone's leaving. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, not, it's not an exact science. You get a little lucky, but there is a lot that goes into it instead of just you know, trying to get the greatest player. You're, if you're believing in culture, you have to kind of get different fits and, and different people that are going to perform different roles. And it's a little harder when you got a superstar, but you're, you'll always take the superstar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the, when I did the piece on you, Lisa, oh, during the I think it was during the postseason or right before the postseason. Um, one of the cool topics that I felt like you shared with me was, or maybe it was you that shared with me, Jan. I can't remember. But just when you recruit players, you're looking at how they act when they're not on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. That's a real priority for you guys. So I had a question from Paul and Mary. They had. Um, they said they emailed you guys all the time, so maybe you know who they are. But that. Uh, how do you get when you – I mean, you only play about eight players, seven, eight players. It's yeah. not like you go deep. It's not like Fran right. or who plays 12 mm-hmm. on 13 scholarships. You, out of 15 scholarships, you're playing about half. So how do you – you've remarkably kept – you look on the bench, everyone's cheering for one another. So how would you say this fan wants to know yeah. how do you – do that. It yeah. seems really hard yeah. to do. And, and you know, I mean, we did lose Shatia Wintering this year. Yeah. And she went yeah. to you and I, and we, we are hoping that she has a great career there. I think it's a great spot for her. Great um, coaches. So, you know, you, 
the kids have to figure out, you know, I want to stay here and keep working or do I want to go somewhere else for a sure bet? And I'm no problem with that. Um, now, um, you know, last year, you know, Kylie was hurt. Um, so she, you know, even though she was occupying one of those 14 scholarship positions, she really was out of the mix, obviously. The year before, we had two people, Shatia and Sharon, out of the mix. So even though we had maybe 14 or 13 players, you're really talking about 11. Um, and I think we do a really good job of, of one of my values is everybody matters. And it's not a situation of if you're a starter, you're more important, you're more valuable, your voice is heard more. It's not like if you're in the bottom five that you're our scout team and you're never going to play or you're not important to our program. It's everybody matters. And it goes from one thing to having it on your wall and part of your value and mission statement. It's another thing to living it. How do you treat those people every single day? You know, are, are you, you know, patting them on the back when they do a great job in practice? Are you praising them for their good culture? Um, I think all those things are important to making everybody understand that they are an important part of our circle. Great answer. Wow. Um, so you got 10 extra practices for the foreign trip. I don't, I don't quite understand all that. Does that, do they happen like during the trip or is it like you get more time before the trip? How does that, I'm just real quick answer. Well, we, um, you get them before. before. And so okay. you usually get, you get four time. hours a week with them. You get more time and you can, okay. however you want to put those 10 days or 10 practices, but okay. they're before. So huge. That's huge for this team. When you lose mm-hmm. uh, McKenna yeah. Warnock and, and Monica Sonato. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when I, t- I talked to Caitlin back in West Des Moines in May, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how maybe you guys will, you know, by not with not adding a post, um, change the way you play a little bit. So how mm-hmm. would you? How, I'll start with you, Jan. How would you describe? I mean, what kinds mm-hmm. of thoughts or maybe in your head as you go into this foreign well, trip? I think of how I'm, you want to play? What's always with this important team? for like the post, right? I, no one needs to be Monica, mm-hmm. and Monica didn't need to be Megan. Mm-hmm. All Addie needs to be is Addie and Sharon needs to be Sharon. And if we get more rebounds than points this year, I'll be happy because we have Caitlin Clark, the national player of the she year. She can score. She can <laughs> score it. And she probably won't be disappointed if she got two or three more shots a game. I don't think I'm just going on a limb there guessing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we we can do a little bit more screen and popping. You know, where Monica was always a screen and roller. Uh, we can do a little bit more putting the post different spots. Um, so we're going to always play to our, our strengths. Um, but it doesn't, the success of the post play, um, it doesn't have to be just like in per efficiency of scoring again or points. It's in how we can get that position um, to be productive. And I think there's an opportunity for uh, looking a little bit differently in the in the rebounding. So we're working with different, um, you know, everything differently from a little bit of our transition uh, to you know, maybe some of our, our set plays. But our basic, you know, fundamentals of, you know, we like to play, you know, open and free with, with our guards. But Lisa's always been a master over all my time working with her. We look at our shrinks. We have these extra 10 practices to kind of see how it's going to shake out. And then we can kind of nail it down after that. But um, I'm, you know, I, I'm really excited about everything we can possibly do this year. Yeah, you think about what what Caitlin have last year, like a million assists. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. three hundred the country, or something yeah. like that. Led right? the country in points and led the country in assists. How so, can that, and three pointers made? Yeah, Amazing. right. On top of it, yeah, yeah. Which I think are all three you just mentioned. I think are all top five all time in single season women's basketball. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> to do it in the same year. So anyway, what I'm as Jan was talking there, Lisa, I was is is this potentially 
a world if all works well. I don't know. I'd like to know what's in your mind. A year where maybe Caitlin Clark's points go up quite a bit, maybe assists go down. I don't know. That's I mean, kind of what could. I'm hearing. Um, it definitely could. You know, I'm never going to predict something like that, but it could happen. Style, um, I mean, style wise. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean yeah. you know, she, uh, we all know her favorite target was Monica. Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean that her favorite target won't be Hannah this year, won't be Gabby, or or maybe she will take a few more shots. Um, so I, I just think that we've got to, you know, we have 10 extra practices and it just gives us great time to experiment uh, and then come back in the fall and kind of figure yeah. out where we want to go from there. All right. Still more to come here on Hawk Central. Our final minutes with Iowa's Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen next year on 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm hurrying. I'm your host, Chad Lysticoe with the Des Moines Register. Final few minutes. We've got about eight left with Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen of Iowa Women's Basketball. We're so appreciative of you both uh, for your trust, your time. Um, you guys are awesome. And I know the fans are really going to love this podcast. I'm just thinking in my head. Uh, ugh, they're going to love this. Uh, random questions now to finish up. Uh, LSU super team, who wants to take it? Is this uh, the new South Carolina this year? I think it might be. I mean, you look at – they're investing a lot in their yeah. program. I'll yeah. say right. that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you return, they're the national champions. They're returning quite a few people from that team. Um, you know, not their point guard, but a couple. You know, obviously Angel Reese is returning from that team. They got the highly sought-after recruits that were in the portal. Um, so I, I do think they're the super team of today. There's no salary cap there. <laughs> I mean, Don Staley obviously has had so much success, and she's yeah. become a great face of you know women's basketball as well. Um, I think Gino, <laughs> you know, everybody, oh, they, everybody forgets about don't Gino, but he <laughs> he knows what he's doing. You know, he's going to have his healthy kids back. But yeah. I think in that SEC, um, you know. They're going to have some great, great battles, but certainly you know, LSU coming off a championship year with what they've added, and and uh, Kim Mulkey is, you know, she has a talent with a lot of those type of big personalities. So I I think she's probably very excited about what she's and, building. And don't count out Virginia Tech. Virginia oh, Tech people kind of forget yeah. they're in the Final Four. Well, they return their them, best right? players. We're going to play playing yeah, them next year. They're going to be a really good basketball team. Yeah. And even in the Big Ten, holy cow! Oof. I mean, Indiana could have been in that Final. For Ohio State yeah. is going to be strong as can They've be. Added some great um, people. We have some really good talent in this Big Ten, and everyone's going to want to beat Iowa. But yes, Absolutely. they are. They yes. are. Even though I mean, we may not be. I don't know if we will be the preseason favorite. I don't know, Maryland's but good recruits. Uh, it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody yeah. wants to take us down because we were the, in the championship game last year. Yeah. yeah, Phil Parker of Iowa football says, you know, I mean, they were the number one defense in football last year, but they brand new. You know, this is yeah. the 2023 team. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. brand new. Uh, both of you, what player do you think will be the biggest surprise this year? Start with you, Jan. Biggest surprise? Ooh, man. Well, I think, you know, anybody, like, I, it would, if, is Addie a surprise if she picks up where she left off and gets more minutes? I don't know if that's a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is is Hannah going to be a surprise if, you know, she's added more uh, outside to her game? Um, I think the everybody will just consider it a pleasant surprise if there's productivity of anybody at that four to five. And and I agree with Jan. I think, you know, they're going to make 
such the you know who's the most improvement, but who's the biggest surprise? I'm going to go with Sid a Falter. Um, mm-hmm. I think that she oh, could really um, like come her. in and do some great things yeah. for us. I think Kate Martin's going to have a great year. She's looking so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, she, and she's our best leader. She's going to have a great year. But like Jan said, those two. But I think Sid. That's yeah, somebody, somebody Sid, that nobody you know yeah. is thinking about right now. That I think could be a real impact player for us. And I think Taylor McCabe is you know dead eye. She's worked really hard to get a little bigger mm-hmm. uh, she's got a slight a slight frame but she's looking you know a little bit more confident in there and mm-hmm. um we know it's not a surprise how great of a shooter she is people have seen that but i think those two you know if they get you know rolling it could be could be really fun yeah uh wow that's is taylor kind of like a little gabby marshall kind of shooter yeah. type type thing? yeah she yeah. is yeah yep Got to work defender. Is she a defender? Or is it more Gabby? Um, Gabby's a better defender. Yeah. Um, Taylor's coming around to that. She's a little slighter. I know yeah. Gabby's not big, but Taylor's beefed up a little bit, and I think it's given her more confidence to play a little bit bigger on the defensive end. I love watching because she can shoot it, boy. Gabby play defense. It's so fun. Uh, Lisa, you signed a uh, congratulations contract extension Thank through the 2028-29 season. If I'm yeah, doing the math correctly, right. there. Uh, I don't know what where your where's your mind at do you is it do you view this as your that last extension or I mean, oh, you, who knows you, right okay <laughs> i mean when you I love what you do you. it's like not um it's not a job if you love what you do it yeah. just you know I, i've loved what i've done for a, a long time i just get paid for it now yeah <laughs> you know at, at st ambrose sure. i sure did <laughs> jan what i mean i can't imagine that Anybody out there wouldn't want you to be their head coach. Was, would there be anything that could pry you away from your relationship with Lisa you know, at any I've, point? I know you've not, got young kids. And, you know, not like we're at this this point. You know, this is the dream job. You know, yeah. we've, I've had opportunities earlier. I love Iowa. I'm a native Iowan. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, we've, our dream, we've stuck together for what happened last year. You know, we always said, you know, it was hard for me to leave Drake the first time Mm -hmm. and it was open a couple other times and I love Drake. And now I've had some other opportunities, um, to look into or be considered for some bigger jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, um, we believed in our mission of getting to a final four and then all these years. And, you know, if I was, I always tell people, you know, people have critiqued me good and bad for staying, you know, and have been like, you know, well, I can't believe you didn't do this or why, or, Oh, I'm so glad you stayed. And you got to do what's always in your heart and know where you're valued and know where, uh, you get just a, a great sense of satisfaction. And Lisa never got into it for her salary. Certainly she just mentioned, yeah, um, yeah. her St. Ambrose and I'm not wired that way either. I, I mean, golly, we all make so much to get a coach a game. So I just feel blessed to be here. I love raising my kids here. Um, I can't foresee anything that I'm looking at, you know, Oh, I can't wait till that opens. I might look at it, but I think you never say never. I think there are different opportunities that you're blessed with at different times. And if the right thing came open, you always gotta gotta look at it, but right now we're about as black and gold that there ever has been anybody. <laughs> Down to two minutes left, so rapid fire on this last one, and we made it through all our topics. Uh, do you, Lisa? Do you have to know, or have you talked to Caitlin about fifth year? When would you need to know, like? Because you got a plan, you got to recruit. Hey, she's not going to be here next year. We need you, or she is going to be here. Let's recruit behind her. 
when yeah, you need to Yeah, and know. really recruiting for that class is, is happening now yeah. or, you know, so, and she doesn't know yet. And so I can't really give a straight answer to our recruits. Um, she doesn't have to decide till 48 hours after her, after her last game. So she has a couple of days to decide afterwards. And I, I really think for her, you know, I think she's going to see how this season goes mm-hmm. and, and how much fun she's having here. And Hawk fans body can feels. certainly help yeah. influence that by mm-hmm. being great supporters <laughs> like they were last year and making this a great environment to play in. And we're, we're supportive of Caitlin, certainly. You know, we want her to aspire to her, her dreams, but obviously yeah. it'd be great to coach her another year. But we also, you know, we're we're Team Caitlin, Team Hawks. We'll work with her, but we're not pressuring. We haven't, you know, do that with any of the kids. Yeah. And certainly not any different with Caitlin. All right. Did you have fun? Was this good? It yeah. was great. Really? Chad, thanks for all you do yeah. for women's basketball in this state oh. because I know yeah. you cover a lot of sports. And women's basketball is just on the move right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with, I think, quality of play, but I think also – the media attention, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's TV, whether it's print media, um, you know, I think people are hearing more about women's athletics and thus growing interest. So mm-hmm. thank you for your service in that area. Very kind of you both. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we got to run. We could go for hours, <laughs> but uh, that, it is seven o'clock. So uh, thank you again, Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen. Next week, Iowa wide receivers coach Kelton Copeland, plus Big Ten football media days from Indianapolis. This is Chad Lystico of the Des Moines Register saying so long. Talk to you next Wednesday night from six to seven o'clock right here on 106.3 KXNO.